Welcome to the Spark to Your Success. My name is TJ Dow and I believe that we all have a bright spark inside. When you find yours and light it up, not only do you light up inside and that just feels amazing, but you light up the world around you and allow other people to feel that amazing too. What a great gift to give to you and your world. The Spark to Your Success podcast is designed to bring you a little bit of inspiration, a little bit of insight and to fill your day with some positivity. Welcome to this episode of the Spark to Your Success and I'm not on the sofa today, we are sitting in a hotel lobby, we found a quiet space around the corner uh, where we won't be disturbed but you might get somebody walking past you, you might hear a door go etc. It's my pleasure to be sitting here with uh, a lady named Nicola, and I'm going to get Nicola to introduce herself in a moment. Uh, I know that you're going to really enjoy hearing a little bit about Nicola, her life, her ambitions, and her purpose for being here. So, Nicola, welcome to the Spark to Your Success. Introduce yourself um, and tell us kind of a little bit about who you are and what you do right now, and then let's go back to the beginning of your story for people. My name's Nicola, I'm 50. Um, I'm a mother. Um, I've been working at a business for five years. Um, Basically, um, people come to me to outsource me and I introduce them to their audience, telephone, do all the telephoning work and get them actually in front of their audience with appointments. Um, I seem to thrive on the telephone, I don't know why. Yes. (laughs) I don't really want to be in employment anymore. Um, I want to be my own boss. Nice. Yeah. Entrepreneurship. (laughs) Definitely. Fantastic. So take us back to the beginning, so to speak, because that probably will explain a little bit about why you don't want to be employed anymore. (laughs) So take me back to the beginning, uh, you as a child. So... Basically, I I was born in Malta. I'm going to give you the quick version here. So I had a convulsion from the whooping cough vaccination. Right. So when I came back to England, which was just short of two, um, I then quickly, three and a half, started having some tingling in my mouth and would say, Mummy, I've got a funny mouth. So my mum didn't know what I was talking about. Yeah. Um, to cut a long story short, I mean, she just noticed that my eyes would glaze. Mm. So she took me to the doctors. Um, I was diagnosed as epileptic at four. Nobody really actually gave her an exact um, diagnosis because there's so many different epilepsies. Yes. The epilepsy has never really stopped. It's been ongoing. Um, I've gone to Hong Kong at 10. Yes. They took me off quite a vast amount of medicine. And then I was just on the one and I've come back to England at 14. But going into school at 14, because I went from an international school, which was pretty harmonised. Yes. (laughs) So going into a a normal school, that kind of like burst a bubble. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So... That's when I think I felt the most um, started to... People that knew me in primary school and then remembered me in seniors. Oh, you're the girl that had those fits, aren't you? So um, I think that's when you start noticing that you feel different. Yes. And um, people don't understand it. Um, I don't think to be... I'm going to be really honest with you. I don't think... Really, at times, my, my whole family understood it. Yes. Nobody stepped back and actually thought, with the hormones coming in, naturally, 
actually, what is this medicine doing to Nicola? Mm. What are the side effects? Mm. Because you can be moody on anticonvulsants. So you're a teenager. Yeah. You've got your hormones going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You've got medication going on. Yeah, and they, they interact with your hormones. Yes. Yeah, so... Oh, gosh, what a concoction. It is, and um, I became very re- rebellious. Yes. Um, I remember really becoming rebellious um, at 13. I don't mean to sound unfair to my family. I think back then in the 19, late 70s, 80s, mm. I was even sort of like a little bit boxed as my family because I'm one of four, I'm the youngest of four. So um, it's oh, my little sister who has epilepsy. Yes. So um, I think I started to think, I don't want to sit in this box. So, <laughs> I like it. <laughs> so, um, I was very, um, a very sort of like um, moody and, and rebellious as a teenager, yeah. to be perfectly honest. Mm. Um, I went, when I was going to senior school, um, I was so far behind in my schooling um, because I had to catch up a lot. Mm. So they had to take me in Hong Kong, they had to take me out of lessons and then I came back to England and those lessons I hadn't learned, yeah. I was suddenly behind in them. Right. So, um, well, I developed it when I was younger, but it became more recognisable as a teenager. Like, well, I'll show you attitude. Yeah. I'll show you or... But particularly with school, I did actually give up. The teachers didn't seem to have a great deal of... Um, time and energy, you do hear about this anyway mm. in schooling, but mm. it was like, well, if you don't care, I don't care. Right. So I came out of school with four CSEs, English, um, language and literature, home economics and history. Yeah. And I started to bunk off really towards um, the end of school. Yeah. It just, you know, it felt like people had given up on me. So nice. I think when people start, you feel that as a teenager, you... I mean, I don't need to tell you this, but I can see it with my own children. They can't process their own emotions. Yeah. So you're just instantly, well, you're giving up on me, so why should I care? Yes. Yeah. Right. So um, I became very, very difficult. (laughs) 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 So um, I left home at 17 as well. I fought with my mum a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I just felt like I needed to, um, so I'd made a brave decision at 17. I didn't earn a lot of money, so that's when I really met my husband-to-be. Yes. So he moved in to look after, we, you know, we weren't on good salaries. Mm. I was actually earning £50 a week. Wow. <laughs> so, but in some ways, I think there's something always in me that's been in me that's wanted to get out. Yeah. And I needed that freedom. Yeah. I'm not, I can't be cornered. Don't box me in. Don't no. judge me. You don't know who I am. <laughs> no, no. So I think that's always been there. And it's been yeah. like, I, looking at some of your questions, I think I've always had little <laughs> sort of boxing gloves. I'm coming out. <laughs> so I started then the working world. Um, and at 16, that's quite young, isn't it? it? Is. Yeah. So I did YTS, um, and then I, I didn't feel that was for me, and then eventually got a job at, yes. as a data inputter, and then, like, it, sort of like this penny drop, well, Nicola, you can't really go anywhere in life unless you go back and start learning. So it's interesting, isn't it? I mean, we fell at school, and we don't want to do it, but then afterwards, you think, oh, I need to go do that. Yes, <laughs> yes. 
So I went back to night school and um, and then I moved on to another job. I was treated differently. Sometimes you could feel t- people treated you as if you were stupid because obviously the epilepsy is portrayed one way in the yes. media. Yes, and, um, so you get stereotyped. Yeah, you do and you can feel it. It's, it's, and I did ask my manager once, does the manager director treat me differently? And she went, yes, I think he probably does. Mm. And then even my manager sort of like, she used to criticise me a lot. So to cut a long story short, I think, well, I'll show you. <laughs> and I went, <laughs> the <fighter> came out. <laughs> then I went back to night school again yes. to do my GCSE English. Mm-hmm. So by then I'd already got my RSA 1, 2 in typing and then I was starting my GCSE English. Then I went back to night school again to get yeah. my maths, which oh, I was told... It? Told at school, like I wasn't good enough to oh, even take. I don't hate that so much. I hate yeah. that so much. You know, I got married at twenty-one, mm. had my daughter at twenty-two. I lost my mum at twenty-six. That spiraled my fits out of control. I then looked at the health um, healthcare that was being offered me, mm. and because I lived in Hong Kong for three years. I thought there's got to be something better than this. Right. So then I, my dad paid for me privately to go to Oxford. So I'm now in John Radcliffe um, Neuroscience. Yes. And that's when I started to come out my corner more, mm-hmm. notice people, mm-hmm. and, and actually start being confident, more confident in myself because they looked at brain surgery with me, they couldn't do it, and then they sent me to London to learn about what epilepsy does to the brain when you have a fit. Yes. And once I understood what was happening to me, yeah. it was like there was a new empowerment to me. There was a fuller understanding. Yes. So, And I really like that because part of the work that we do is let me empower you to under- educate you to understand what is going on mm-hmm. within you. So that it's just, when, yeah. you, when you can understand it, it's almost like you feel as if you can almost like be back in control again. They actually re-diagnosed me from a blank sheet and then they said, you're complex partial. So suddenly she was teaching me, well, this is how the brain reacts, this is what the brain does. And and I came more out of my shell. After going through the events of looking at brain surgery, they weaned me off a medicine, Epilim, and um, I knew Epilim had been stopping me from conceiving. Yes. I knew that. Yes. They wouldn't tell me that exactly, but I'm not yeah. stupid. Um, but um, when they were weaning me off Epilim, which is a thankful thing, mm. because I then conceived Caden, my son. Wow. At, and I had him at 32. Oh, wow. So I've got two beautiful children, and people sometimes assume that you're epileptic, that uh, that will be passed on. It's not necessarily true. No. No, not, not at all. But... Um, and then I suppose I got made redundant from that job 13 years. That's mainly the telephone work. Yes. It wasn't really until I went on to another sector. Um, I went on to work for a finance department. Again, there was still a little bit of you're different. Yeah. But I think I can cope with a bit of stigma, but as long as it's not right in my face. Yes. So, um, and then unfortunately I got made redundant then. But I always think sometimes redundancy, you always do go on to something better. But I did go on to a public sector 
And that was um, the strangest time of my life, really. <laughs> so, um, no, they, they, they never really cope with the idea of me being epileptic. Mm. And I don't really know why. Um, so I was there for just over 10 years, but three times I had to battle them. Wow. Three times, and um, it was... Is that a lack of understanding, lack of ignorance on their part? I, th- I think um, it was ignorance, because the very first time I went into a job, and three weeks after, someone was talking about capability. I'd never been in a job where, where you had such a short learning curve. Mm. And then I rang up the Disability Rights Commission, and mm. then I thought, no, I'm not signing any. Um, performance plan yeah and then this woman would take me aside weekly and then I realized she was trying to bully me oh wow so <laughs> this was <laughs> I'm not having that attitude <laughs> and I fight came back out <laughs> so boxing gloves yeah so <laughs> it, I'm not an unkind person but I really do like who I am and actually yeah I have these fits but actually um you know I'm just like you and you and you. Exactly. Epilepsy doesn't define who you are. That's not your identity. You are an amazing person who happens to have epilepsy. Yeah, and I have it frequently. It can be about 20 a month nocturnally. Mm -hmm. But as long as it's in a pattern... And, and like my fits often happen towards sort of 4 a.m. and 6 a.m. Mm. Or if I'm really overtired, 2 yes. a.m. Yeah. But as long as it's happening at its sort of like set times and it's sort of like you can see what's going on, I don't really care. Yeah. It's like yeah. I can manage it. Yes. Yeah. And it does come out of days occasionally, but it's like, okay. But, but one of the things I really took from London, and I would really like to put that message across, mm. is I've had several epiphanies in my life. <laughs> so this was epiphany that I've been trying to educate this one company, the, the, the company I've worked, did the telephone work mm. with, educate them. You cannot educate people that do not want to be educated. That's so true. You can't. And actually, the quicker you get that yeah. in your head, the better you'll find you've got more resilience, yes. more more ability to actually believe in yourself. Mm. So when um, I was obviously a thorn in the side with this public sector, so I went sideways because mm. I then lost my dad in 2009. Mm. And then this the second battle was they kept on flinging me back to um, occupational health. Again, it's like, well, it's not going to go away. Can you pack this in? And yeah. then I wrote this lovely letter. Not at all aggressive, lovely. Um, and actually, you can look at this all you want, mm. but it isn't going to go away. It's not going to change. This is me. Yeah. And actually, let's have a whole meeting, get everyone in the room, and let's just document everything so everyone can hear everything, mm. and pack this in, and, and actually leave me alone. Yeah. So, so I was a bit of a thorn, and... <laughs> So I then cut my hours and that's where my business started because yes. somebody wanted to outsource to me. So because I'd stood up to another manager and she didn't like it, it was like, well, okay, I need to get rid of you. <laughs> so I cut my hours and then I started my business. 
And so I think that's really interesting mm-hmm. because, like, we can look at things and go, oh, my God, that is just, like, so awful and horrible. Or we can go, do you know what? That was such a blessing. It was not a nice thing to happen. But mm-hmm. without that happening, I wouldn't now be starting my own business. I mean, I was already realising that they, the, this banding of any kind of position... Mm. I wasn't being fully utilised. Yeah. My skills were not being utilised to the, the highest strengths. And I love being on the phone. Yeah. And I'm there typing this patient, blah, blah, blah. And it was almost predictable. It, it's, I knew that, um, I knew there was more. Yeah. So somebody came over from Dubai to meet me. And then they wanted to outsource to me. And um, so... After I had this second battle, I thought, well, drop my hours because he, he really wants that source to oh, me. Oh. So I can charge him this much more money. Yeah. When we <laughs> <laughs> So that started. And then I was, then word of mouth, while still being employed, word of mouth um, got round. And then my former employer, with all the telephone work, yes. outsourced to me <laughs> in Dubai. <laughs> and, um, and then uh, these are into great big international construction companies yes. and then another company outsourced to me but um to cut a long story short the third battle there was a change of manager mm. on the 16 hours mm. and um i can't drive so no. um i was always based in a certain place and they knew this yeah but this manager what she had trouble doing was she didn't really Considering I was being outsourced by Dubai mm. people and I was doing meetings and doing yeah. that all remotely, she didn't want to really figure out how she could work with me remotely, yeah. Yeah. which um, I struggled mm. with. But yeah. to get a long story short, I left. It was a very scary decision, but I'm a great believer that if, if someone isn't healthy around you, if someone can't accept you and you've really got a battle... To, to make people understand you, then actually you're wasting your energy. Yeah. Just move on. Yeah. Because you will find somebody that will love you for who you are. Yes. And um, I would say that's the biggest time I've ever been pushed. I went into a very dark um, hole and I almost got exhausted of, mm. of the fits that spiraled out of control um, through all this sort of bullying yeah but um I, I got exhausted i got exhausted because to to continually manage any condition i'm not talking about just epilepsy here to manage all the the side effects of maybe having a fit and then having another one the night after another one and then seeing the ripple effects yeah. of how it affects your body it takes a massive amount of mental strength mm. and um and do you really to keep wasting time and energy on someone that is draining you, yes. it, it, it's, it's, it will drain you and it will pull you right down to the very bottom. And I wouldn't want anyone to go there or, or go through the um, journey, have the yeah. journey I've had. So basically I left work and, and, and then I went into retail. Yeah. And well, that was interesting. <laughs> But I only stayed there from the March to the end of November. And then I had two international clients wanting to outsource to me. And I thought, Nicola, you know, you've got all this energy. You've taken a seed. You've driven it. You let go of the Dubai work. But you've got a UK client. And then you've got two more people 
one of the people that saw me in Dubai, mm. wanting to outsource to me because he's back in the UK. Yes. Give up this work. You've got another woman that's thrown her weight around, actually for £7.83. Put all your energies once and for all into this yeah. business. Yeah. Put it in there because actually you either got to pack in this business and, and like cope with people's stigma mm. Or you've got to put every single ounce of energy yeah. into it. Yeah. And that yeah. I, that was a scary decision. Yeah. Yeah. But I did it. And um, it's it's been the most exhilarating. As well as being scary at the beginning, it's been the most exhilarating and exciting time. I feel I've been released. I, I can get up. If I have a bad night and I've only slept two and a half hours, I can start work after all. Yeah. I don't have to justify it. No. And it does take a, a, a large amount of strength. I mean, one of the things I wanted to say, particular to anyone going into work, is I'm not saying um, rebel on every single um, bad person you, you come across, but if you've got a journey and it's educational or it's, it's employment, Keep telling and someone's being mean to you or or really quite very unpleasant, mm. then they're sticking you in that ability box. Yes. Just keep telling yourself, look, you've only got this long to do. Get to the end, achieve what you want to achieve, then push off. Yeah. And that's what that's I did. Message. Yeah, that's, that's what really I did message. with my last employment really. Yeah. I achieved what I wanted to achieve. And then I thought, right, this is the time to go. Yeah. I'm ready. Yeah. So I'm not telling everyone to rebel. Just look at it in a bit more of a pragmatic point of view. Mm. And actually, you know, you are capable. You just need to get away from these unhealthy people, but maybe not right now. Yeah. Yeah. And just complete what you need from them. Yes. You know. When the time is right for you, yeah. not when they decide they want rid On of your you. On your terms. To make it mean. Absolutely. So, yeah. I mean, people are vessels. Yeah. So if you've got a nasty vessel keep bumping into you, just let them bump into you a bit more and just see it through yeah. and then go, ta When you've got what, exactly what you needed to yeah. get from it. I mean, it sounds love a bit, it. I don't know if it sounds a bit calculated no, to you. I love it. <laughs> but it's, and I think it's such a good, good message because sometimes we just want to run away and hide, but that doesn't serve us. No. If they are kind of like getting the upper hand and this, that we miss out on what we need to get from it. Sometimes you've just got to... Grim there it, get on with it, knowing there's an end. And when I, when the end comes, I'm taking from it what I need from it. So you I do. I mean, it was very, very hard. I I got signed off for three months. I mean, I don't mind touching upon the dark days. Mm -hmm. But I got signed off for three months. But then when I went back and I gave them every opportunity to change, mm -hmm. in the end, I thought, right, I'm going to have to stick it to just see this, this out. And actually, then I've got my got what I need yes. from you so it's hard but you will come through it yeah you will and um you just got to believe in yourself and you've got to remember you can't teach an ignorant person if, if someone doesn't want to be taught you can't teach them and just keep drilling that message home yeah that actually you're all right yes you're you're the you know you're the one in the right I I don't think I've ever had a um, chip on my shoulder don't grow up with maybe a chip on your shoulder because other people have made you like that. Yeah. Um, you know, just just get to know yourself and be more accepting that, okay, it's epilepsy it's, or it's it's anything. Um, but actually, look what skill I've got. I've got this, this and this. Yes. And I can offer so much. 
Yeah. Fabulous, fabulous messages. I'm thrilled that we've got to have this conversation. So what's life going to be for you now going forward? What are you excited about? Um, I'm really excited about my business. Um, I, I want to continue with that and I passionately want to get um, get involved with the equality side of things. Yes. Um, because I feel that we've got all these people that are qualified as HR. I'm, I've got a qualification as HR, but actually, you know, I can resonate with people yeah. with long-term conditions. And um, maybe if I mediated between t- an employer and employee, mm-hmm. I think that would um, be... That would be my ultimate dream. <laughs> it would be. Yeah. 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 So, because, it, well, I'd be giving back in, and um, I think another thing I'd like to do, and it's always been a a really burning desire, and I did try and fulfil it once, is I think if somebody really, really, um, I've offered my number out before mm. to people with epilepsy and. Um, really wanted to speak to me. It was a young girl it was. She wanted a baby. Mm. Um, well, I've had two babies. Yes. Um, so if somebody really wanted to just come to me and talk to me, I would be willing to, to help anyone. We all need a helping hand. Um, and so that's... G- going forward is if my business grows, which I hope it does, yes. I want it to be... I want to show good leadership skills... I want it to have a fabulous ethos and culture. And I don't want to grow massive because my my passion is life-work balance. Yeah. To look after me as well. There's lots to my life. I mean, I've been epileptic 46 years. So um, there's lots to it. If there was anybody listening about children, Mm. they were interesting times. With um, my daughter, and there was only a medicine that had been out a year. Yeah. And one of the consultants said to me, will you either live with the anxiety or you terminate it? So um, I didn't get a lot of support mm. with Robin. Um, so that's at 22. And then I hit quite a negative with Caden, expecting Caden, when I saw a registrar and um, she told me, well, you're working full time, you've got a daughter of nine, you're going to have to pack up work, you're epileptic, Nicola, you're not going to cope. Um, so, <laughs> Those opinions. Um, it made me cry, but then um, I kind of like, well, I will cope. Um, but then I had also managers sort of saying, well, I'm ultimately in control of your maternity leave. And that, you know, so you've, I did get a lot of negativity, like you're yeah. selfish, because with pregnancy, um, anticonvulsants, every anticonvulsant you take, you add on something like 2 or 3% more mm. of um, risk of um, like spina bifida, yes. cleft palate, um, cleft lip, club foot. Mm. So, um, but what I, the way I controlled that, there was not, well, it wasn't a lot I can control, but the... The way I looked at that from a healthy point of view is, okay, mm. I can't stop this medicine going into me, mm. but I ate a really good diet. Yes. That's the one thing yes. I could control. Definitely. Yeah, so, um, but don't be put off from having children. I mean, both, I have to be really honest, both Robin, she was a honeymoon baby, mm. and Caden was uh, a, an accident because I'd been weaned off a medicine that mm. was stopping me from conceiving. Yes. So neither of them were planned. <laughs> 
so they popped along when they did but um don't be put off because um with Caden um in the end I ended up my waters went at 10 and I ended up giving birth in 17 minutes completely naturally wow so it's uh, you're capable of anything I love that I yeah. love that I'm going to end this interview on you're capable of everything Nicola it's been an absolute pleasure there are so many amazing messages within this podcast for our listeners to have been taken on board I hope that you've been taking notes and if you haven't been taking notes rewind it and replay and take notes <laughs> most definitely and um, perhaps if um, privately if there are people that want to uh, to come and talk to you and get some advice, uh, particularly around epilepsy and babies and all the rest of it that you said. Um, perhaps we could make those connections um, offline, of course, yeah. if people get in touch with me at um, on the website. If you go to backontrackteens.com, find the blog page uh, and message me privately, and we'll connect you with Nicola. Nicola, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you.